Welcome to the first episode of Naked on the Couch. I am Bobby Kruger. And I am Maya Kruger. And we are really excited to bring you this podcast. We're going to be breaking down season 11 of Married at First Sight. And we'll get to the matchmaking in first episode uh, in just a moment. But we want to take a couple of minutes here right at the top to introduce ourselves, talk a little bit about who we are, why we've decided to do this podcast, uh, and how I think we both want to visit Bennett's uh, Blue Shack place where it's he a lives. Hut. It's, it's a, a hut. hut without a bathroom. A yeah. I think it was originally a, a set for one of his plays. He lives in a play. He's completely broke. We'll talk about that in just okay. a moment. I want us to introduce ourselves. So I'm going to actually kick it over to you, Maya. Why don't you tell us who you are, why we're here. I don't know, Bobby, who am I? Okay. So I am a licensed therapist practicing in a private practice in New York City. And as a therapist, I work with people with a variety of challenges and experiences from all walks of life. From schools and underprivileged communities, underfunded hospitals, to, to corporate conflict resolution in the venture capital space, as well as my private practice where I work in a more traditional setting, working with folks on trauma, relational challenges, family issues, and navigating career choices. Whew! Oh, and I'm a new mom to an eight-month-old girl. And I am also your wife. And I'm not trained in any of this at all. Uh, other than life experiences, uh, of course, being a human, sometimes, of course, your husband and uh, this, the dad to that eight-month-old child. She is mine, clearly, because she looks exactly like me. She looks nothing like me. So in this context, well, as we go through the relationships on this show, I'm what we call the armchair therapist of this group. Um, we kind of always wanted to use the phrase armchair, even in the title of this podcast, but I feel like Dak Shepard sort of cornered the market on that phrase. He totally did. Yeah. Um, so by so who I am, what do I do? By day, I work in tech. Um, I have a background a little bit in drama and journalism. Um, so that's me. Uh, I figured we'd also, like, why are we choosing Married at First Sight? Um, you're the one who introduced this show to me. By the way, so Maya and I... Uh, Monday, I think it's Monday or Tuesday, July 21st, First, um, it is the third year that we will have met in that time, of course, being married and having a baby, two apartments and a dog. Um, and a car. <laughs> and a car. Uh, and now we're the, thinking about a mortgage. Um, things have moved quickly, I would say, in three years. I would say, yeah. You were really in a rush, weren't you? <laughs> I was in a rush, yeah. Um, like, Biological clock. Yeah. Like many of these people on the uh, on the show. Um, you're the one who brought me to this show. So where did you find this show? Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about why and what this show means to us and why are we even doing this podcast? Yeah, so I love Married at First Sight. I love reality TV when it has to do with relationships and exploring that. I think it's a great way to project all your own shit onto it and explore really what your biases are and how you view the world. And it's a great conversation starter because as we look at these brave couples that come on the show and expose themselves and go through this whole freaking journey of being vulnerable with a complete stranger and being legally married to them, it also makes us question our own vulnerability. And I think it's a great place to, you know, have a conversation. What do you think about that? Well, you know, what's funny is, is that it's so easy when you look on social media to like crap on all of these people who are sort of taking this really big risk. Um, and I like the fact that when we talked about doing this podcast, we sort of, we want to be cognizant of, we don't want to talk poorly of them we, unless they we, deserve it. Yeah, we don't, the intention is not to shit on anyone. I always try to, I always kind of think in this context of like, we don't, we don't really want to see Matt from a couple of seasons ago pop up on this series. Look, if you exhibit extremely trash behavior, we will call, you, that, we will out. call that out. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not looking for, you know, to embarrass anyone. But how did this all come about? Really, it's really just we sit on the couch because we're exhausted as parents or when you were pregnant and we were like, 
what can we watch where we can turn our brain off? It's a great brain massage, but it also like creates good conversation because it really exposes a lot of our internal beliefs about relationships. And oftentimes we do have agreement, agreements and disagreements when we look at these couples, not only on this show, by the way. Oh, no. We were only starting with Married at First Sight. Of course, the other series that we watch almost nonstop. I just want to take credit for introducing you to all these really high quality reality <laughs> TV shows. It's true. I bring a lot of films and television to the table and uh, you I bring have, the trash. You bring the trash. Although I did I did put on for you Supermarket Sweep the other day. I am kind of about that, but it didn't age well. A lot of the jokes. No, just it did don't, not age no, well. No, no, no. And apparently all the same sex couples that were there were just happened to be roommates. We've been roommates for 15 years. Yeah. It's a different time. Okay. Before we kind of jump into talking through the actual couples that we saw on the first couple of episodes in this season that's coming up, um, you know, I thought it could be interesting to kind of explore, like, what do we actually think about arranged marriage? Because this is what this kind of is. It's an it's a modern that's what they market it as a modern take on arranged marriage. And what do you think about it? So arranged marriages, if you think about it, it's what we're doing with dating apps. It's not a marriage, but we are kind of outsourcing our uh, preferences to an algorithm. And now they're outsourcing it to, to experts. It's not I mean, matchmaking has existed forever, right? Yeah, it's a song in Fiddler, so it must have existed at least in the early 1900s. Matchmaker. Yes, okay. What do you think about it? You know, it's funny. Actually, I never thought about it in the terms where you just put where we're trusting him into the algorithms anyway. It's kind of the same thing. Um, one of the characters on the show mentioned, I think it was, I want to say it might have been Olivia. Uh, and she mentioned that dating, I think it was her, dating was different for her mom than it is for her and it actually kind of struck me like no I, I would feel like it's easier now in a lot of ways to find someone because your network of finding people is so much bigger yeah but I think it can also be overwhelming we we were single three years ago I just want to remind you and it was not easy I mean we went on a dating app right I know we were on the apps but I think the, the my point of that is is that because we were on an app so we met otherwise we may never have crossed paths. We probably would not have. So in some ways, I feel like, yes, we're sort of relying on that algorithm to make those decisions for us, but it kind of worked in our favor. In fact, I remember one of the first times that we um, went and hung out with your family up in Connecticut, we were all around the table. I think there were, what, four or five couples there? We all met. Everyone met online. Yeah. So it's interesting that sort of... Um, back and forth between is it easier now or is think, it easier then? You know, I think there's another thing. I think that... Having yourself on those dating apps, but more so going on a matchmaking show where you're legally married to someone really shows, hey, I'm looking for this. And I think that takes away the cool of, you know, it just kind of happened to me. I was walking down the street and then you mean I like wasn't a meet looking cute? for, uh, yeah, I wasn't looking for love. Love found me. No, I'm looking for love. I was hunting love. I sought out experts for love. And I don't, and now that I think about it, it's really no different than going on a dating app. I think the, obviously the, the next level of it is you're getting married on the first time that you see each other. Um, but a first date is a show anyhow. Right. So no, that's true. Yeah. And I think one of the things, and we'll actually kind of realize this, I think as um, we always talk about this when we watch the show, it's like, all right, you're sort of subscribing to these experts and producers, because that's how TV works, mm -hmm. to match you for, I mean, yes, I'm assuming, you know, Dr. Viviana, Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper all have their best interests, but I'm not sure that the producers do. And so right, cause they got to create the drama. They have somewhere. to create the drama. Right. Yeah. So, you're sort of giving yourself over. It's a very brave thing to do. Um, 
and you kind of hope it goes well. But I, I think sometimes the pressure that it seems that the characters on the show put on themselves is that they treat it as a marriage, which they should, but hear me out. It's like they're not treating it like a two-month marriage because we can see how this goes for two but months. But that's and the then whole idea. Decide. I know, I know. That if you see it as a lifelong thing, then you have to work stuff out. True, but I do think that you can kind of hold both at the same time. I think you can hold that I'm going to give it all in these two months, see how it goes, and what's the worst that happens? The worst thing that happens is if you go in with that mindset, then after two months, then you I gave it my all for two months, and now I'm going to give it my all for another two months with a different person, and then I'm going to give it another two months. There's a thing about having it being a finite relationship or just the idea of it that makes you act differently. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I think it's I don't think that's a think universal about how truth. many arguments or fights we have and we can't just say and peace I'm leaving now. No, but I think it takes the person who signed up to do this in the first place to say I'm going to stick this through if it to understand what your limits are and really know that this relationship ain't going to work. So I'm thinking about last season what was it Mika and Michael where yeah. like, he kept like it just seemed like he couldn't he had some stuff going on he had a interesting upbringing she kept trying she kept trying but like she knew at the end of that i think yeah, that it, it was very clear work. yeah all right we've done a lot here we're about you know 10 minutes in we haven't even talked about other than you know bennett's shack um so why don't we start breaking down some of these couples what we'll do first here is sort of give you a little bit of a recap um, and then we'll give you some insights and thoughts on that's how this is going to work. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. So let's start what I think is our favorite couple so far. Okay. Um, Bennett and Amelia. Oh, hell yes. So let's just, let's just paint that picture. Okay. So we meet Bennett and to say like him, well, and Amelia too, but they are like the definition of a hipster. It actually may be an understatement. They are the most colorful couple, literally wearing all the colors. So here's the first thing that they said about Bennett. They go, he, they bill him as the romantic thespian, <laughs> uh, which just sounds terrible. Sounds horrible. And they start rattling off all these jobs. The only one I can remember at this point is the pedicab driver. they showed him. Because they showed him on the pedicab. Yeah. And by the way, in New Orleans, where it's very humid, as far as I can call, recall being there That once, requires commitment. He's just, it's, I just feel like he's a, first of all, he's a sweaty pedicab driver. Let's mm. just say he's broke. He's broke. He's okay. completely broke. Yes. And we go to see his house and he lives in this like blue. It's a shack, but it's, it's like a, a hut a hut with like, there's no bathroom. No. And I think they, when they were visiting him, Dr. Pepper was like, oh, he, you go to the other house. Yeah. To use the bathroom. To use the bathroom. And are they, they never said who lived in that other house. No, I'm very curious about that. Is I'm it a, a community of all little, little houses you think? And then they, they have a, like one house where there's a bathroom. I was assuming that it was his mother, right? It's gotta be that. I don't know. We, well, I, I'm assuming we'll find out at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I want to mention something that came up with Bennett as we were getting to know him in that matchmaking episode. And one of the things I found super interesting that I wanted to ask you about was, um, so Maya and I actually both have a drama background. Um, I went to theater school. I graduated from the neighborhood playhouse. I've had little parts here and there on TV and some theater and stuff. And I went to a conservatory for acting for three years and have a degree in theater directing. Yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of get that world a little bit. When he said, and we were watching this on the couch together as usual, he said he grew up performing in a lot of plays with his mom where they played versions of themselves 
in a play that she would write. And we both looked at each other with like, Juicy. Yes, or that is one of the weirdest things that I've is heard. Very, very strange. But also, like, talk about drama therapy, you know? Yeah. Acting all these versions of how, at least he has clarity about how his mom saw him throughout those plays. I would just I wonder what they were, what she was working out and how, if he understood that his role in those plays was to now, act out her perception. Yeah. yeah. Like, does he look back on that? Did he have any, any expression in that? Did he have any choice? Did he, did they like write it together? I don't know. It, it, yeah, that it did strike me as a little bit interesting. Um, and I think we'll learn some more about that relationship and that um what's the word i'm looking for maybe uh color of that relationship as the series goes on he's super interesting he's super interesting he's open-minded he's he wants to take a woman's last name he grew up in a mega feminist house he's like so okay let me push back on that okay that is what we see in the first two episodes i am only speaking from what i see yes but i am i am what did there's something there uh, and I said this to you while we were watching the show. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Joker, like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Not in like the violent way, but like he's hanging out with his mom growing up. He seems like there's something beneath the surface. I that just if you felt like push he him was a little too much. Really anxious and uncomfortable. Yeah. So I wonder as the series goes forward, if if we start to see him out of his comfort zone, will he really understand? Is he going to be able to go with the flow? Or is it going to kind of topple over? I don't and think all the going with the flow is going to be a problem with him because he's so versed in improv and theater. I don't think that's going to be a problem. He it's actually true. seems like he's super flowy, if that's a, an adjective. And I will say, when we, we, we're going to talk about Amelia in just a second, but uh, we fast forwarded to that first episode towards the end. He had the bachelor party. Right. And he seemed like he was having the best time. He seems he's very likable, he's very sweet. Yeah. He has a variety of friends, very accepting. His friends seem awesome. Mm hmm. He just seems like he seems like a very loving person. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of see where he goes um, throughout this process. I, you know, we we really do mean it when we we're rooting for these people, um, and I think Bennett just seems like he could be a really cool dude, but maybe not as cool as Amelia. As Amelia, <laughs> she, I want to be her friend. Yes. Okay. She is this quirky doctor, does a tightrope walk in the park, and. She rides a unicycle. She that she's so cool. She's actually more she of a hipster. She doesn't shave her pits. She's more of a hipster than Bennett is. She is more of a hipster than a hipster. So let's talk a little bit about Amelia and some of the things that came up here. Yes, she doesn't shave her armpits, which they, which I kind of like that they didn't talk about right away. Yeah. Um, but we just sort of discovered that when I think when she was trying on wedding dresses. Yeah. Also, her friends like she has a wide range of friends, and they just seem she seems like another loving person super warm wants a husband to stay home and raise her babies yeah so that was one thing that came up where she is a doctor now one of the things that's going to come up for them i think in future episodes here is that she graduated from med school but hasn't uh started her residency yet yeah and so i think part of the drama the they're setting up portable rest but part of what they're setting up is if you're going to have to take him out of his comfort zone to another place and if he's going to be okay with that see you're really concerned about his comfort zone I and, and i see him living in a theater set and i think this man is very comfortable not living in his <laughs> comfort zone or he lives in a small little shelter because that's his safe space and if you take him out of his safe space oh my god joker may come out and do what cry i don't know it could be just he just may not i don't know like you take someone out of their comfort zone 
instead of being engaging, they could withdraw. Like it could be a thing where it just sort of implodes. Not saying that's going to happen. I don't know. But that is something I did think about. It kind of struck me as like beneath that surface. I was like, oh, this could be really interesting. I just felt like it was anxious. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and this is obviously, uh, I keep saying obviously, um, the first part of this uh, filming experience is when we're meeting them, right? So he's not really, he may not be as comfortable speaking in that confessional setting until later on in the shooting. If that I wonder sense. if he will find her career choice almost too conventional for him. If he's smart, he'll be like, thank God. Yes. He'll be like, I found, I found me. me as a doctor who will make some money. Yes. Please. Will, like, he doesn't even have to ask her to marry him. They're already getting married. That's true. Um, and that, something you mentioned a moment ago, Pastor Cal, when they were um, talking through the matchmaking, he was a little bit hesitant because of... Pastor Cal had a lot of feelings about Bennett's career choices and his ability to provide. Yes, because frankly, he really doesn't because have means to provide. He's a thespian. Well, he's a thespian, but he's also a pedicab driver. And no, wait, he's also a, what did he, a landscape architecture helper. So he's I, a, he I'm, kind of, I'm kind of about it. He's, you know, he he has a wide range of interests, and he seems to be committed to living this kind of traveling artist. Maybe not traveling because he lives in his hut, but this artist lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Where you do what's necessary in order mm -hmm. to, to to keep writing and performing. I'm going to call BS on that. You know why? Because if you found me on a dating app and it said any of his jobs, you would have swiped left so fast i just want to say i'm all about it no you're, you're not oh 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 okay okay your dating app said that you were an actor no it didn't it sure did no it didn't it said that you went to acting school yes but it didn't that's it didn't first of all i had also been on some tv stuff at that point so you're like okay he could have and you stalked me and, and I was there on was LinkedIn. like a headshot there was no there wasn't a headshot there photo was on the there was app. a glam shot i can't remember because it's been three years Mm -hmm. But you went on my LinkedIn. You saw that I worked in tech a little bit as well. I, worked, I, I was working at a tech company. I was also really did not want to date a thespian. Right. Because I have been a thespian. And also, I, I have had not so great experience dating thespians. As have I. But I'm saying that if that was the only thing and I was doing, I just this would not have worked I thespian is a great word. I think it's a terrible word. I think it's so much fun to say thespian. Right. Because uh, for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so prediction time. Do we think they stay together? Okay, I or think not? that they're going to have a weird off. Oh, you do that, I do this. You unicycle, I drive a sweaty pedicab. Oh, you do that, I, you know, I just think that they're going to have fun out weirding each other. And I think their options for doing stuff together is, is literally endless because they're so open minded and so loving. I just see them having like a bunch of kids that are banging on pots and pans and walking around naked in an appropriate manner, of course, and just living a really loving, unconventional lifestyle. So you're saying they're going to stay together? I think the only problem would be if they look at each other and they're like, oh, you're the female version of me and I'm the male version of you. We even have the same glasses. And it'll feel like incestuous in that sense. If I had walked down the aisle with the hat he was wearing... With his tuxedo, would you have actually married me? Um, no, <laughs> but I am not Amelia. <laughs> That's very true. All right, let's kind of move on a little bit here to Karen and Miles. That's who I have coming up next for us. Let's talk about Karen first. They bill her as, I think they said in quotes, misreservations. By the way, I hate how they label 
the the characters on this show. Yeah. I think someone's like, oh, the party guy. It's just yeah, cheesy yeah, and it's yeah, just, yeah. it doesn't serve anybody. In fact, I think it actually makes it harder to appreciate who these people are as like three-dimensional humans. With that said, that's my, that's my preach. Um, her last relationship was five years ago. It ended when she was cheated on. He had a baby with someone else. He had that's a baby with somebody level else. level of cheating. It's very Maury Povich. Um, and so since then, uh, she says she's put up some walls, obviously understandable. Yes. But now she's open to love despite also, being risk averse, which is interesting. It's a, that's a bit of a paradox. Her mom seems very protective of her. Yes. Mom was not happy about this choice. And that's right. So when, he, when she broke the news to her mom, the mom, I think I kind of paraphrase it here, but she says that she lost her mind or her daughter lost her mind. Um, and there were a few times they cut back to her mom over the course of the episodes and she did not seem very supportive. She ended up coming around to it, but they made sure for us to see, um, a whole slew of times where she was like, this is a bad idea. You don't know this person, yada, yada, yada. And it, it didn't make me feel like, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, what happened right as they were closing the episode. Um, and we'll, we'll get back to that in just a moment. What I think is a, just a little bit interesting, um, that I wasn't sure what to make of that I wanted to ask you about was she said, Karen, that she had traditional views on marriage in terms of gender roles, mm -hmm. but she has ambition and wants to be a quote unquote power couple. Why does that? I don't know not what that sit means. well with you. What is first of all, because it's like, what do we mean by power couple? So I thought that was interesting too, that she wants to be part of a power couple. I thought that was interesting that they set her up with a man who's, quite younger than her well we'll get to that but what do you think that power coupling means in her? i think she's a very driven very smart person and it looks like she wants stability that's what i kind of got from her she looks she's looking for something that will feel safe and that's understandable for anyone but especially for someone that has been cheated on in this horrendous way absolutely I, i'm just trying and i think we'll hopefully figure out what she meant by power couple it just sounds it interesting. It sounds career to me. oriented. That's how I take it for now. Like, we both want to be making a lot of money. We both want to be at the top of our career. Or actualized. We'll find out. I guess. So, she's paired up with Miles. He's, he's 26. School, he's a school admin. He's a school admin. He mostly works with kids. He's got two degrees. He says he's going to go for a third one. Religion, super important to him. His parents are divorced. Yeah. He makes it clear. So his so this is also something interesting I wanted to ask you about, and this is one of the reasons why I really liked Miles. So he's a child of divorce, um, but he obviously wants to be married and, and have a partner in the way that he wasn't able to experience from his parents themselves. But I thought what was really lovely was he, they showed a conversation with his grandparents later on in the show, yeah. and, and they'd been married for 55 years. Damn. Um, and I think it kind of, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your experience, not personally, but as an, in, in therapists, you know, speak of the role a little bit about how important role models are between for a child to experience of their parents and how it affects the relationships that they may have later. You know, I, I don't know if it's role model, but it's our first view of of how we see life or the familial structure. If we grow up in a in a two parent household or one parent household or two grandparents, doesn't matter. Um, that is what we first learn about relationships is the relationships to our parents, to ourselves. And we watch how they interact with one another or with the world. That's where we get our first information. So it's not so much about being the role model. It's 
who is teaching me about what the world is like? Is the world a scary place? Is our mom and dad or mom and mom or parent and parent always anxious? Are they always stressed? Are they super chill? Are they irresponsible? Um, do I need to take care of them? There's a lot of, a lot of information that we get from that early relationship. What I found to be interesting with Karen, and we kind of talked about her mother a moment ago, and, and her mother seemingly was very negative. One of the notes that I had about Karen is she seemed to be an introvert, like very... Um, she seemed serious. She seemed really serious. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to say that in a, a negative connotation, but it seemed just... It was something that I noticed was, wow, you're really serious. You're going on this national TV show, but you're like super serious. She seemed like she wasn't sure. She wasn't ready to go all in. Right. And I wonder, obviously, given what's happened to her, if that was, that's a reason for that, number one. It could have been also just, that's who she is. She's a very serious person who takes things very seriously. Um, She seems like she has a really clear idea of how she wants to live her life. I wonder, we always kind of joke when we see parents interacting with um, their kids on this show over the course of the time we've watched it. Um, and even in like 90 Day Fiance, I'm thinking of um, what's Karini's husband's name? Paul. Paul and his, the, his mom's dynamic is just trash. Ooh, yeah. Um, and we'll get to that maybe in another show. But uh, the way that her mom was so negative and about her choice here, I just wonder how many times has that come up in her past that she questions a lot of the decisions that she makes where it's sort of a compounding problem of what's actually happened there were plus like this family dynamic. So when we see her at the end of the show, somebody sent her miles as I think he sent him his Instagram. Yeah. So she found, we got kind of like a sneak peek about what is to happen in that dynamic. And she finds out miles name and his online persona and she watches all his Instagram stories. And the interesting thing is she is convinced he is too emotional for her, but the way she talks about it, is by being hella <laughs> emotional, emotional uh, and crying about it to the producers. But he's just too emotional for me. I thought that was really curious. And what are her ideas about men showing emotion? And she did say she believes in traditional gender roles in marriage. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting. I, I'm interested to see where those two go. We obviously know that they get married just based on, you know, online pretty much. And I'm assuming if she had actually, I don't know, if she had not gone down the aisle, would they have shown... Like, would they have shown the couple getting married this, or not getting married into the that episode? feels kind of mean to or do. Or would they just have edited the whole thing out and then maybe replace them with another couple? I don't we'll know. We'll never know. Um, all right. But Predictions. He seems, he seems warm, yeah. and he he's 26. He's younger than her. Um, really wants a family. There's something very sweet about this man he seems very wise beyond his years Mm -hmm. but i did write a question and i guess before we make predictions i can ask you about it is 26 too young to be like i need to get married right now i want to say that at 26 i really thought i knew a lot and looking back i knew like negative same (laughs) yeah what i thought i knew right i think 26 i mean it depends on your life experience for me 26 i i was quite unwise not that now i'm super wise but then i I really didn't know anything about anything and you look back on like relationships we were both in relationships in our 20s and and i look back and i'm like oof what a mess totally what a mess and i'm like i don't know if i could have 
I mean, I would hope I'm, I'm happy I didn't make any sort of decisions to propose to anybody because that would have been a terrible idea. I'm so glad none of my relationships I really hoped they would propose to me actually came to fruition because <laughs> I was like, I am, this is the, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I was not ready indeed. So I do wonder, and I didn't catch Karen's age. You said that he was younger than she was. I think she's was. 30. And that's a pretty big difference, I feel like, someone who's 26 Especially someone that wants a power couple and she likes traditional gender roles. It sounds like she would want kind of the man to lead the way. But he seems quite advanced in his career. So prediction time. Um, I think, think that this is going to be very challenging for her. I think that he has the bandwidth to stick it out and really kind of wait through her breaking down her walls. Um, she may find his initial openness and... And just devotion, maybe a bit of a turnoff. Because it's foreign to her, it seems like. Fair. Let's move on to Christina and Henry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed, oh boy. according to you. Oh uh, Christina, uh, she, they billed her as the Princess Bride flight attendant, which is um, okay. Single child. <laughs> Uh, mom is her best friend. I got a bit of a smothered vibe. There was some enmeshment there. Yeah, I got a bit of a smothered. So if, if anyone doesn't know, smothered on TLC. Um, I think it comes on after 90 Day Fiance. What a creepy show. Um, yeah. It's just about relationships that shouldn't really exist in the way they do. And I got a little bit of that vibe. <laughs> I'm not, not judging I'm at not all. I'm not judging, but I'm judging that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did get a bit of a vibe of that. And I just wonder um, how that's going to rear its head here. So, initial response to this couple is is a strong no. That's what I really. That's what came up for me. I can see why they were paired, but yeah. I feel like if uh, there's seventy thousand people who applied and you came down to two. So she talked about dating the same person over and over and over and being the girl that's taken for like she's just for a fun time, mm -hmm. so not taken seriously, and she becomes heartbroken. Her goal is to have someone bring Be her nice. flowers. That would be enough. And she became tearful talking about that. That's how low the bar is. Just bring me flowers. Then she had a little bit into like what kind of flowers. But that's a low bar. That's a pretty low bar. And she, I think she said the only person who ever gave her flowers. Her grandfather. Was her grandfather very tearfully. So the, what I wrote was here, and I'll, I want to hear what you think. I wrote there is a lot of pain there. Yeah. Um, and the way she speaks, it's as if she's exhausted of life. And it feels like she's defeated. I'm not saying she is those things. That is what, and I always want to make this um, disclaimer when we talk about what we see on the show, is that's what the producers showed us. Right. right? It's edited together very heavily. But with that said, she speaks in certain terms that if like she has been, I don't want to say beaten down of life. She feels like she was a wronged bit. a lot yeah. by men. Um, and And also looking to feel a lot like she's very quick to tears i wrote that um under the surface there's a there's a pretty heavy layer of sadness mm -hmm. um and so my fear for her in this relationship is i'm not sure that she's ready for it i don't know if it's sadness or if it's kind of an affinity for drama for someone that had these kind of relationships in her 20s i'm just gonna trash my past self Seeking these places where you get treated terribly over and over and over is usually not all the time, but most of the time it's kind of having a flair for the drama and sure. the pain that comes with it. There's something of a high people get from that. It's very activating. And Close. it's also if you have this unresolved issue, especially with 
apparent early on. It can be anything else, though. Um, we act it out over and over and over again until we garner the gift and we can move on with our lives. So every time we go into that distressful relationship or distressful situation with someone where we're reenacting the same freaking dynamic we, we've already been through, which is so what makes it so painful, we hope that this time, this time I'm going to heal. And then it's devastating again because it l- leans on all those past never happened healings. Would you say there's a comfortability in it for some people who go through those things, going would, back to those emotions? I would say... I would say it's really hard to recognize in the moment. And I would say that the ego would probably say, no, I'm, I'm doing my best and I'm trying my own. Did you not see what they did to me? And I know that I have said those things. I think that it's not about comfortability. I think it's about, it's about like repetition compulsion. Hmm. We just repeat it till we, we hope something clicks. I remember I think uh, before I met you, I, I repeated, <laughs> I, re- I repeated my, my uh, repetition compulsion relationship and I caught myself being very dramatic and crying a few nights after we broke up and thinking this is not new. And that was kind of my moment of, oh, this is not new. This, this, this feeling is not new. This dynamic is not new. This is kind of not new. And the, the common denominator is me. And I choose these people that make me feel like this. And then I'm surprised that I feel like this. And then I feel wrong because I always feel like this. And I'm kind of doing it. And there's a draw to that feeling. It's familiar. And I was clearly trying to work some ish out. So I want we're going to get to Henry in just a second. We haven't even talked about Henry yet. Yeah. Um, and I like Henry. Um, how do people, there might be people listening to this who, who you just went on that monologue. And people are like, yep, totally me. How do you break that curve? So I think there's no, I wish I had a magic wand and hashtag healed for everyone. But unfortunately, you have to go through what you go through until you you go through the lessons that you need to. I think you need to be curious and make observations and witness yourself in a non-judgmental way. That's where therapy is helpful where, I mean, if it's, if it's impactful therapy, then you have someone observe with you in a holding way. Oh, this is what you're doing here. Not in, why do you keep doing that? Um, that's what friends are for. That's what, yes. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> what is wrong with Why you? are you keep doing this to yourself? I can't talk to you anymore. Your problems never change. <laughs> Your problems are boring me. Yeah, we can't say that as therapists. I think being curious and, and recognizing it and also recognizing that you're not doing it because you suck or there's something wrong right. with you. You're doing it because you are, you're trying to work something out. This doesn't say anything about your quality as a human. This speaks to a, a pattern that you are creating because you're trying to heal something. And until you heal that something, you're going to keep doing this thing. So let's talk about Henry, and then we'll okay. get to them as a couple in just a moment. So he's a healthcare uh, recruiter. He plays guitar. Admittedly, he's a little bit socially awkward. He says he often doesn't make eye contact, which I thought was really interesting. So first thing, his friend sits there and talks for him like a ventriloquist in the beginning. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. Okay. The, his, his female friend. Okay. She kind of markets him. Okay. She seems like, like a great friend. She, she says wonderful things about him. He seems really, really uncomfortable and really anxious. And I don't know if it's because you're on a TV show exposing your soul, which may, you know, may induce those kind of feelings. But there's something about him that it looks really avoidant and really is uncomfortable with intimacy. And that could be because of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I did find it interesting that um, 
so they, they went through this whole thing where he's quiet and he's not comfortable in social situations. He's very awkward, doesn't make eye contact. But at this party, the bachelor party, he seemed to be just fine talking with women. Which is what? Maybe it is friends. situational. Maybe. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, I thought that was super interesting about Henry. And uh, so here's where I'm at with Henry. Um, Wait, I got more on him. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. he's super, he looks super regimented. Okay, really organized in his life. And also he mentioned that his brother isn't coming to the wedding because he's in Finland, which kind of proposes and maybe he's an, an interesting, he's in an igloo, maybe a, an interesting family dynamic there. Um, but he looks like he needs someone very, very patient who will be okay with his, his cadence of moving things along. And she looks like she wants to dive in head first to get that rush. And I don't know if he's going to give that to her. No, I wrote he. Uh, so I'm not. So what I wrote was in terms of you thought someone patient. I thought the other way that he needed someone that's going to push him a little bit to get out of his comfort zone, so he can be sort of comfort in a new way of living. Um, and I don't think she's going to be able to give that to him. I. She I, seems exciting. I mean, there could the drama is exciting. <laughs> I'm already. I'm already assuming there's going to be drama. Yeah. Um, I just think that they are going to frustrate each other a lot. That's what it feels like. And I got the vibe that in this relationship, it looked like she was going to have to be taken care of a little bit. I think he can do that. I don't think he's very expressive with his words and he'll be able to, to language a lot of things. I think that's true. But then I think it's going to leave him like dead a little bit. That's what I got out of that. Like flat? Sort of like suck the life out of him a little. And he's already pretty quiet. I don't have a good feeling about this couple. No. Um, again, I, we're I rooting for them. We want them to I do well. I would like to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, you know, Christina, um, they had that scene there at the end in the bachelor bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. um, she wasn't really uh, comfortable there at all. And she was... See, that was a dramatic moment. She went outside. Yeah. She was upset. This is not what I like to do. And, and it's interesting because Amelia came in. And she's like, do you want us to go eat broccoli together <laughs> on the side? She was trying to problem solve it in like a logical way. But... She imploded. She imploded. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering how that, how that sort of way of being and existing is going to manifest itself a little bit later. And I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, so you don't think they're going to end up staying together? No. Okay. But please, I would like to be wrong. I know. I haven't given my predictions on any of these couples yet. And You're I'm debating over the course of this episode <laughs> okay. whether to do that or not. Um, probably because I'm agreeing with you for most of them. Um, yeah, this one is really going to be interesting. It, it, I just feel like with Christina, it's almost like she may have to learn how to be in a really good relationship. And I just wonder, and I'm hoping this is the case, because they both seem like good people. And yeah, this is they where, do. And this is where this show kind of, I this is the stuff we don't know about in the show. I wonder if it's done where, how much interaction do they actually get with the therapists? We don't, don't see much Traditionally on this show, once they're married, mostly it's focusing on the couples in their day-to-day -day lives. Right, and the therapist is summoned when there's... When there's something. a big issue, yeah. when like someone you know tries to move out dramatically like they're in an acting exercise. Um, <laughs> I'm packing I'm slowly packing so slowly. you can stop me. Please. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I do wonder, like, it, and this is something we can talk about over the course of this show and, and these relationships, which is... Doesn't it just feel like, given this sort of dynamic they're living in, they have to sort of figure it out for themselves, but there should be some sort of regular, scheduled 
therapy, well, I, exercises, something. <laughs> I am something. a fan of therapy for, for all people. Sure. I think it's... it. I would be surprised if they don't have that. They just don't show it, you think? I don't know. I would like to believe that they take care of these people. They're bringing them into the situation. I would like to believe that they're being helped. Yeah, and I do think there's something too, and we talked about this, it's like five couples is a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, and I kind of wish there was... L- uh, maybe three or four. I think the original series was three. It was three for a while. Then they mm-hmm. bumped it up to four. I think last season was the first time they had four and then they have five. And it just feels like I would almost rather see them working on the relationship of the four. Like getting into the weeds of it as opposed to yeah. qu- quality over quantity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, again, the show is successful. I don't follow the ratings all that much. Um, I just wonder how, given like last year, I, I would feel, and we don't get into this too much, but last year's season was a complete, pretty much disaster. It was, it was really disheartening. And I would love to ask like a Dr. Pepper or Viviana, like they had that season last year that was a disaster. You had the disaster of Zach What did and you Mindy. learn from that? Like, what did you learn from that? Yeah. And like, are you changing the way in which you're matching these people up? Are you changing the way in which you're serving them? Once you're putting them in this crazy heightened situation... Um, I don't know. I want to know those things. I wish they would talk about them more. Yeah. All right. Let's kind of move on a little bit here to our friends, Amani and Woody. I'll start with Amani. So she is a nonprofit program coordinator. Okay. Um, they bill her as someone who has a natural nurturing spirit. I kind of wrote down, she felt like she was pretty real and down to earth. She seems very responsible. She raised, it seems like they didn't say this outright. She has experience kind of assuming a parental role. Yeah, she, it sounded like she raised her siblings a little bit. Um, she also, they also say that she dated a married, a married man without knowing that. Oh, I didn't, okay. I must and not so she got up. burnt from that. Okay. I, I just really like that they clarified that, that Woody is not Elton John. <laughs> because he because was wearing his, really yes. his clothing choices so that's a great little uh way to talk about woody he's they bill him as a life of the party and i thought it was really he's interesting fun. he's fun yes but every single one of his friends were like i don't really know if he's ready for marriage so i think that this couple is interesting because they're both bold they both seem fun they both love the idea of love and have both actually stated that verbatim Kind of, it looks like they all want this theoretically. They theoretically want this love or love the idea of love. But it looks like they're both so vivacious and into living life to the fullest. I don't know. Oh, I just kind of said something terrible without knowing. Does marriage mean you don't live life to the fullest? Um, I don't know if they're done partying. We're doing a podcast in our two-bedroom in Jersey City. We're living life to the fullest. <laughs> I would say, look, here's the one thing that struck me about the, the what they both want out of that relationship or a marriage. And one thing that struck us both, we did. So when Maya and I are watching, usually if there's something that weird that happens, we kind of give each other a side eye. Um, when he said that, um, he talked about one of the things that he really wanted in marriage was to be able to share things with another person. So I just got promoted. Right. He wanted a witness to his promotion, but he also talked about growing up in a divorced family. His dad went to jail. There seems to be a lot of pain there. Um, He seems like he has a really good heart as does she. He does. He does. And I think, you know, what I, they kind of build him up to be this playboy type of character. Mm -hmm. 
Which I used to just seems like fun right now. A playboy. Now. I feel like I'm in. I'm in the 1975. He's a. Um, he's a playboy. He's a playboy. I, that's actually a 50s, terrible accent. But let's let's call it as as the 70s. When they bring up him, when they look at him at the bachelor party, as opposed to like somebody like Brett, who was flirting with all of these women, which we'll get to in just a moment. Woody was actually crapping on Brett. Like he that totally set him off and put him off. And like they were outside, and he was sort of talking crap yeah, about him. Yeah, Woody is fun, but he's not disrespectful. And I think that's going to be a real key to this relationship. Um, and I, I do want to get to Brett uh, and Olivia in just a moment because they're sort of our interesting couple of this season so far. But I wanted to kind of uh, recap this and, and get your prediction on, do you think Woody and Amani are going to stay together? I would say cautious, yes. Yeah, and I, I feel pretty good about that kind of prediction. And I think what I found interesting about that dynamic is Pastor Cal, Viviana, and Pepper, all, they all kind of have the same vibe that we do. That and maybe this is a good way of putting it. Do you feel like Woody and Amani may be boomer bust, like either ex- explodes or it goes really well? I don't think they're explosive people. They actually seem very level-headed to me. Okay. I think they have potential to be great friends, which could be a great foundation. And I think they understand. There's something understanding about like they're ver- very positive about life, even though life has not been easy. And that's a good place to bond from. Okay, let's shift gears completely. Okay. And talk about our, I would say, the, the toughest couple that uh, we thought was in the, the first couple episodes here, which was Olivia uh, and Brett. And I, I think we want to start with Brett first a little bit here because he certainly was um, an interesting Ooh, guy to say the least. Yes. What do you have on Brett? I just want to say that it's so good that they both like cats. <laughs> because that looks like the only, only common denominator. Um, he seems so intense. Like like small man needed to, to put on a lot of muscle to take up space kind of guy. Um, he feels very intense just the way he talks about, you know, when you're in a couple, you don't make coffee just for yourself. I'm doing it for us. You know, I'm not cleaning the toilet for myself. I'm cleaning it for us. There's something about... Yeah, that's very strange, in the, the, ver, the, ver, the, uh, the way he phrased that. I understand the sentiment that he, he wants to have like a higher purpose and that, and that being in a couple or being part of a family gives you that drive, but it felt a bit much. Like, that's a lot of expectation to put on, you know, I'm not just making eggs, I'm making eggs for us. <laughs> so here's what I got from Brett. Okay. He doesn't stop talking in terms of his sentence structure. There's no breath. Like he just speed talks. Very intense. Um, all right. So he's an IT guy. We, we see him working out. He likes wearing t-shirts that borderline on too small. But hey, if I had, if I had muscles like that, I probably would too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was something where they're like, he likes to randomly fix stuff. It's like, yeah, I can fix this like a little electronic thing. And the only thing that popped into my head was, oh no, he's a hoarder. <laughs> well, we'll know more about that, but he definitely is a collector. He's a collector. If you open up like a, like I see Dr. Pepper going to his place at some point, opening up a door to some closet and just crap falls out and like pieces of electronic and motherboards. He's like, oh no, no, I've been working on that for a long time. He doesn't want to let stuff go. He doesn't want to let stuff go. So here, here's what's something interesting. We'll, we'll get to Olivia in just a moment, but when he broke the news to his dad, now I always say here, all of these scenes are completely set up, right? Everyone who's going to dinner with Brett that night, they all know what he's going to tell there them. There are cameras there. There are cameras and lights that are set up. Like, we all know what's going to happen mm-hmm. here. We know he was going on Married at First Sight. So they know he's going to tell them um, that he's engaged. 
I wonder how real sometimes some of these reactions are because there's always multiple camera setups and I have a production background. So I'm like, did they shoot this more than once? Whatever. His first thing that the father said was what? What? Have you seen a picture of her? Yeah. And it, I feel like, again, learning from parents, unless you can understand something deeper than, oh, maybe they weren't right about a lot of things. He's pretty much said the same thing later on in the episode at the bachelor party. Right. That appearances are very important to him and that it's it's a no-go if there's no initial spark. Right. You know... The interesting thing about Brett, because the more they were showing him at his own house, just him kind of talking about his own life, I was feeling, oh, this, this, I need a nap after watching him. He's so intense. This is a lot. And then when I saw him in his family dynamic, he was kind of funny. He was funny. He had these good comebacks. Like, oh, he's, there's a third part of him that's cool. But then we see him at the bachelor party and he is flirting shamelessly and drunkenly, mind you. With every woman that comes his way. With Henry's friend. You're at your bachelor party. You're, on, you're being filmed for TV on your bachelor party. Like, do you want to be seen as this? He just screams really, really insecure to me. He needs a lot of women to say that he's good looking. He, they call him the serial dater. But the interesting thing is that they also disclose that he was engaged and she cheated on him. Which looks like... He has found a way to deflect feeling like that by becoming kind of a, like a low-grade player. I don't think we can be any further developed in our discussion of Brett than being a low-grade player. <laughs> wow. But By I, the way, everyone, I'm just imagining when we first started dating and, you know, we were, you know, you know obviously we, we ended up marrying each other. But, there, you know, their first few months there had its ups and downs. I guess they still do, but more so back then. I just wonder, I was like, oh, what was the definition? We don't have to get into that here. <laughs> what was like, what was the defining quality? How did I dissect quality? you? Yeah, let's not get into that on this okay. episode. We'll get into our own relationship at some point. Uh, but I do think it's like, he's a low-grade player. And if I won't get into specifics on this either. But one of the things Maya did <laughs> when we first started dating, when we started learning, you know what I'm going to get to? Labels of your exes? Labels of my exes. I'm not going to say anything on that. But... Maya labeled, she gave pretty much nicknames to all of my exes. Based on what you said. Based on what we've said. And they're not all, they're actually not that bad. Some of them I would probably be friends with. Yes. They, because there's a couple of other therapists. There's one other therapist in there. There's people with drama backgrounds in there. Like it kind of runs. I also am friends with people that don't necessarily have the same backgrounds. But yeah, but some of them seem really cool. Some of them seem really cool because they, they were, they just didn't work out. Okay. Um, so I think that's funny. The low grade player thing just really just kind of made me laugh. Let's talk about Olivia. Okay. I like Olivia. She won me over by the end of the episode. She seems so grounded. She has so many hobbies. She's very honest about not wanting to be a third wheel anymore. She's a nurse practitioner. In a neural ICU. She's smart. She's driven. She seems very caring. Um, she looks like she has a lot of self-humor. She doesn't take herself too seriously. And, I and thought, also, yeah. she can distract herself with all the hobbies if it becomes too intense. One of the things that Olivia said that I thought was super funny um, was that she compared herself to weather. She called herself 70 degrees and sunny, which I've never heard anybody describe themselves, one, as weather in general, but also having the temperature 
and the actual kind of weather that it is as a combination. I just thought that was really funny. So I just had to ask you. I just thought that she she sees herself as even keeled. And I also think she's smart because she's setting the stage for even if I got some whack in me, it's going to come out. I'm not going to not going to disclose it first. So she's going to start out all quiet. I'm always calm. I'm always calm. And I got some surprises for you. But surprises could be amazing. No, I completely get that. I just thought it was really funny the way she described herself. I had to ask you, how do you view yourself as weather? Oh, damn. I can go first if you want to think about it for a second. So I, I kind of found myself as like 60, 60, 65 degrees, partly sunny skies, <laughs> overcast, not too sunny. Like there's a bit of clouds in the area that are going to come and may rain for a bit and then go away. I did not anticipate this question. I know. That's why I'm asking it to you. You think I'd tell you what my prep is for the show? No. Um, I guess the way, it's a good way of saying I like being moody sometimes. <laughs> I think and I'm really interested to hear what you say uh, of course based on my perception of the reality I could see that I I agree with your with your your description of yourself as weather so about you you know I don't know I'm eight months post having a baby I would say monsoon season (laughs) Um, no I would say I am a Fall day. Fall day can be a lot of different things. It could be like an early snow, like around like fall, I guess it's September 21st. Like I don't consider fall until like Halloween, really. Or like maybe mid-October. I was going to say like an early snowfall. That's what you think of me? I'm, I'm icy? Is that <laughs> no. what you're trying to say? No. I won't, I won't put the foot any further into my mouth. Yes, you're really stepping in it, aren't you? So stepping in it is something we're going to hear from from time to time on this show. And that dates, that's a 90 day fiance reference for us as we're nerds watching that show. And I think it was Varia who stepped in it. She stepped in it, right? Ed <laughs> stepped in it over and over again, a 90 yeah. day fiance with Rose, especially it, it when he was like. It goes to show like, when someone does this thing where you're like, where you, where you clench your jaw because you're so embarrassed that they just did that. I do that several times yeah, myself. Yeah, so they stepped like, in it. Yeah. So I, I was going to say when Ed mentions to rose about her bad breath and like didn't he buys her like two oh, he stepped in it oh he stepped in it she's like oh i have an ulcer and he's like oof stepped in it so yeah. brett stepped in it a lot during this episode especially with the way he handled himself at the bachelor party and then he did that irish goodbye and just got an uber home we don't know he was who drunk was no, no no he got into a car we have no idea whose car that was that's also true couldn't you like it's the south not that I'm playing gender role specific here, but like, could a woman been driving that pickup truck and he left with a woman? That would, that would be really not smart on his part to do that in front of cameras. Was anything he did that night smart no. to do in front of cameras? No. So could you see it happening? Yes. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not saying it did happen and I'm assuming we'll never know. Well, that's not true. We did see some the, the stuff from last season with Taylor and that Instagram post. But I do wonder if, like, where did he go? Because I don't know. Again, I'm only in Jersey, and I've taken Ubers in a few different states. I've never seen an Uber as a pickup truck when you get into the front seat. And oh, he didn't. And he you didn't, really paid attention to that. And he didn't seem like he had any friends there either. Everyone else seemed to have brought somebody <gasps> to the party. That's right. He didn't have friends there. No. I didn't think about that. So Brett was just really just a big turnoff for the entire episode. He was a turnoff. He also said, well, she'd be silly if she wasn't attracted to me, which just screams low-grade player. Sure. 
So we, I think, both agree here this is going to be a show of shittiest proportions for Olivia and Brett. I think we both agree I on I think that. Olivia already deserves better. Yeah, and, and I, I, we did have that look, and we, we said it a few minutes ago, where is this our season's... Like is, is Olivia Mindy this season? Zach. Is Olivia Mindy like where from the very beginning it is bad? Like this woman is awesome, and anyone would be really really lucky to be with her. Yep. But they go for these guys that are really wrapped up in their own and their own self. And like like last season, Zach was just he wasn't mean to her face. Like he was just I would say gaslighting and. Just ignoring her. Zach completely. was in a relationship with his hair. Yeah, that could not Brett be disrupted. Seems like he could just be mean, more along the lines of a Matt, who, like, if you remember, like, would go out all night and not call a woman, a girl who has abandonment <laughs> issues, with Amber from two seasons ago. Like, I can see Olivia being treated almost like how Amber was treated of two years ago. Really? Yeah, and I, I hope that doesn't happen. And. Um, again, I'm rooting for these people, but like Olivia seems, seems really like she's cool. She's really honest, though, so maybe she can call him out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but the setup for now looks like she's in it for the right reasons, and he is in it to make eggs for us. Yeah. So what do you think? Stay together or no? No. <laughs> no, that's pretty. That was a, that's a pretty fine. Again, answer. again, I don't claim to to know the future, but please, please, may I be wrong? But it doesn't look good doesn't look good no all right so next week we have the weddings get excited for that one of the things in the preview that they showed was um where Amelia, i think she turned to someone whoever was walking her down the aisle i didn't catch that quickly said that she had met uh bennett before which didn't surprise me really no because again it's like new orleans is how many it's like four hundred thousand people that's not a big town we're in New York or Jersey City. It's it, and there's millions of people, but for four hundred thousand people, right? How many you of those? You keep saying Jersey City like it's like it's a legit place. <laughs> Jersey City, I love Jersey City, but you <laughs> I know, have feelings about it. For for New Orleans, where there's four hundred thousand people, how many of them are in that dating age? And so, like, you can put that down into. And the they're apps. both they're both like alternative right. Hipster. And so, if they were on apps, he said he hasn't had an app, but like they probably he has a flip phone. Right, like he has, well, we didn't even mention that. Yeah. But they probably hang in similar circles. Someone has to know somebody. And so I think she had turned into and said that they had met previously. Um, so that would be something for us to look for next week. We saw Karen almost have cold feet. I think she obviously went through with it. Who knows if Brett ever comes back from the pickup truck. We'll see. Um, and so we're really excited for seeing the weddings and to continue on this journey with you on season 11 of Married at First Sight. So you can find us in a couple of different places. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Bobby Kruger. Same on Instagram. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-R-U-G-E-R, all one word. Uh, you can also find us on our new Instagram as well. That is Naked on the Couch Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. And again, we thank you so much for listening to our premiere episode of Naked on the Couch. And we'll see you next time. 